Welcome back to another episode of The Kitchen Table. Grab yourself a cold beverage, light you up a good cigar, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hey, bro, you there? Hey, Chief, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Man, we I guess finally got this thing working right. I guess it's you and Tom. That's yeah. it. Mr. Tom Cruise is, is here with us. Hi, how you doing, Tom? Good. I was actually down the street from me last, uh, I guess, last weekend. I was in District 7. And you didn't call? No, I don't have your number. Why'd you go down there with those dirt bags? Well, just to go train. But then with that being said, too, I didn't know if they let brown people come into the station without, like, thinking I'm helping shit like that. So, well, generally, that well, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of you out there that are going to listen to this and you don't know we have uh chief scott moreland from helotes texas with us today um chief appreciate you taking about an hour out of your time to, to join us but um i thought it was good to get uh a little bit of brass on our show because we've had some other ranks on there but oh, you mean after to- your after your last uh recording or after your last podcast yeah. uh, that, hey so that means you listened to it right i did so, i so did listen good. to it <laughs> Uh, yeah, I there was a, to it and it, laughed quite a bit. It started a few conversations, and that's what it's all supposed to do, that's right? That's what it's supposed to do. Healthy conversations. Well, there is one thing I got to get out of the way because I was challenged. Okay. And I got to mention that the best driver ever is Greg Carlucci. So <laughs> now that that's been done, okay. the challenge was, was made, accepted, and carried out. So I, 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 I saw that challenge, and uh, – do you want to share the story now about the golf cart, or do you want to wait for we uh, we go off air? Are you guys drinking? No, no, we're not drinking right now. So we, maybe we well, can share. Well, that story's only the the story's really only good if you're drinking. Yeah, I think but, there was drinking involved during the story, right? That, that's what caused it. <laughs> if but I, yes, you know, I do know that, that that Greg definitely wanted you to to say that, but uh, I I, I got to say that he. Um, and you know, George Rivera is going to be upset. Why is that? Well, George thinks that he was your best driver. No, no, George knows he was not the best driver. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he knows that, Chief. I'm not sure. Now he does, <laughs> but now he does. <laughs> no, uh, the golf cart story is. Let's just suffice to say that Greg showed me what racing and rubbing is all about. Yes, yes. And, I, and that there's no part of a track that's off limits. Yeah. I, it was funny because, uh, you know, Donkey and I run the tournament, and at the end of the tournament, we have to make sure everything's okay and accounted for. And <laughs> here comes these golf carts that look like they were in, like, a NASCAR race. And I was like, That's because oh, they were. <laughs> I, I think I know who those belong to. Yeah. <laughs> so, I we'll just share the rest the big, of the story later on, man. I just remember all the grass hanging off the front of that one. I remember, yes, I remember <laughs> the turf sticking off the front end. <laughs> I do. Hey, Chief, just, you want to just give us a quick rundown, you know, of um, how long you've been in the fire service? Um, I got some stuff written down here. Man, you worked yeah. at, with my uncle at Driscoll for a number of years. You worked. I actually, in- I actually hired your uncle. <laughs> oh, well, good job. Good. <laughs> you. <laughs> Uh, and then you, you obviously you spent many years here with us in the Corpus Christi Fire Department in, in different roles. I know that you were actually at one time in the in our training division. Uh, yeah, for a little while. Yeah, we won't 
I mean, whatever. Then you you, you moved up the ranks to the firefighter two, and then and then captain. But for those of you that out there that don't know you, uh, you want to give them a little spiel, give yourself a little chest bump. Uh, well, I started in Corpus in December of 1985, and uh, I. Foolishly, as soon as I was eligible, they were letting people, as soon as they got off probation, they were, they were so desperate for two EMSs that they were letting us test uh, as soon as we got off probation. So uh, I guess it was summer of, might have been spring of 87, I promoted to two EMS. And uh, from there, I rode the box for 19 years. For 19 and, years. Uh, and then I decided that. That was a young man's game, and I needed to promote. And so I got serious about the captain's exam and took that. And as I've been told, I was the dark horse in that particular uh, on that particular year's test, and uh, made captain. Where was your first stint at at Cat? What station did you have first? Uh, I was on C shift at Station Five. Okay. Shout out, uh, and I do have to shout out. If I doubt he's going to ever hear this. But, uh, Second best driver ever was Jesse Alcaset. Oh, Jesse had a nickname for everybody. Oh yeah, he did. How do you think I got? How do you think I got Chucky? <laughs> oh, was it Jesse that gave you that? I didn't know. I don't know. Where yeah. Oh yeah. From. Yeah. Jesse started that. Oh, okay. I I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and then so that goes way when back you were. When you were a firefighter two EMS, is that when you spent a few? I don't know if it was a year or whatever. You spent some time in training. Yeah, what had happened was uh, I got hurt off duty, and uh, while I was while I was in the hospital under the influence of pain medication, Gilbert, uh, uh, oh gosh, Gilbert's last name escapes me. Gilbert no. Pettis. Gilbert Pettis. Okay. He was uh, he was uh, the uh, EMS coordinator at the time because we it, we had had a civilian in there a couple of times and. Yeah, and they had uh, at the time decided just not to fill it with a civilian again. And Gilbert was a two EMS and took that position. And he got me in the hospital while I was under the influence and asked me to come over to EMS while I was laid up because I was going to be laid up for six to eight weeks. <laughs> and uh, that wound up wound up being almost three years. But uh, that was, um, gosh, I guess I had been in for like maybe nine years, nine or ten years. Okay. And then I came out of there and changed shifts and went from originally I was on C shift. That happened. I went to A shift and then I stayed on A shift until I promoted. And when you promoted, you went back to C shift? Yeah. And then, so how many years did you spend at, at fives, which by the way was the hazmat station back then? No, too? no, 12. Well, actually, 12 was the main hazmat station. Station what? five, we were kind of the backup station. Yeah, yeah. Was and, so uh, okay. Yeah, thought, with the uh, with with the kitty litter truck, basically. Yeah, the beer. It was a beer truck. Yeah, it was a beer truck. It was. It was. I, I remember when we got that thing. It, it literally said Andrews Distributing on the side. <laughs> uh, but uh, I stayed at Fives for less than a year, and it just so happened that all the stars aligned, and and people started making deals to get moved around and i wound up at 14th for the rest of my career which is on a for those that don't know that's a completely different side of town yes uh, complete different demographics everything. i um i went to hazmat school in anniston alabama went up there for a week and once i completed that and got back home i figured first opportunity i get i'm getting out of hazmat <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, you could have gave me that advice about four and a half, five years ago. Dude, I told you not to do that. <laughs> I told you. Actually, I told you not to promote. <laughs> yes, you did. You, you did everything you, in your power to keep me from promoting. I even left little notes in your textbooks. Yes, there was little <laughs> little drawings that I'll, I will share off air with you. I like it. <laughs> Every other page had, there was like four different drawings, but they no, were all No, it was like books. every fifth page. It was, but the, the drawings were the same. That's it, a lot of drawings. He, he would draw. Well, the yeah. drawings would just, yeah. the, the drawings would just change in size. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll share with that later off air. So, <laughs> so then you went to 14. Um, that's when you you, uh, you had Greg as your driver first. Uh, uh, no, let me, let me think. I know my first driver was. Um, oh, it escapes me right now. Did you have Todd right. Webb? Todd Todd Webb, yeah. Todd did, drove right? for me first. Todd was uh, Todd was awesome. Uh, he. I, you know, he might tie Jesse for second best driver ever oh. because Todd was so entertaining. <laughs> uh, yes, Todd. Todd was very vocal when he drove. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Very very vocal. We had a uh, we did have an incident once where uh, we'll say a concerned citizen came in uh, because we were going through a traffic light. She busted the light. She was wrong. Uh, really didn't want to admit it, but she was wrong. But Todd had thrown his hands up in the air, and she thought Todd had uh, had offered a, a hand gesture to her. Yeah, which he didn't, because I was sitting right there when it happened. And uh, she came to the station very uh, concerned, and we had to deal with that. So, but that was uh, <laughs> it was fun. I that was I, I did learn how to deal with. Um... Personnel issues, HR issues, um, concerned First citizens. While I was above issues. all of the above issues, while I was under Chief Moreland's command there at Fourteenth, uh, I got to, well, it's great training. I, it was awesome. I tried to give everyone there as much training in as many different facets and areas of this fire service I possibly could. It's so funny, man. I told I told this story, uh, not about you, but I don't. I told this story the other day, and it just it still makes me laugh. So. I remember one day we were outside training and we were training on the new um, piercing nozzle that we got. <laughs> and I never forget at the time, Chief Moreland now, but Captain Moreland comes out and goes, what are you guys doing? And I, said, I yelled back and I'm like, we're training on this. He's like, y'all are going to break it. And he walks back inside and see you not, we didn't know what we were doing. We, we, we hammered this thing like halfway through an oak tree <laughs> incorrectly. And then we come to find out, we're like, we, we pull it out and everything. We're like, well, shit, we broke it. <laughs> but we go inside and we tell him. He's like, I told you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they, yeah. Er, er, Ernie Villarreal didn't like bringing new stuff out to us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I know why. But <laughs> so, so how long have you been with the city of Haloti's now then, Chief? Uh, January will be five years. Already. I, I, did, I did 32 in Corpus. January will be five. Um, I think I'm going to, as long as they'll have me, I'm going to push for 40 and probably beyond as long as God willing, my health holds up. Well, I hope so too, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, before I move on, Hey, you have heard about Will Stark, right? I have. Okay. I, have. Just, want, I just wanted to make sure that, that you knew about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I spoke to, uh, Steve Bowers yesterday. And we, oh. we talked about it a little bit, but I, I found Sorry, out you had about to talk to him, but... earlier in the week. 
Yeah. But uh, Steve's a good guy. So. So, yeah, Steve and I have been close for a long time, and if you you think you saw some things at 14s, you should have rode at 10s with Steve and I. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. So back to the the city of Haloti. What what drew you there? What's what's unique about that? I, I've I've come and visit you a few times. My first well, and- what what drew me here was that they were willing to hire me. <laughs> That's with, a good drive. That's with, a good, okay. Well, with, with no experience, uh, per se, at, at this level, you know, and, and um, I, that was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was getting older. 14s was very busy, you know, Still and is. I knew that at some point I was going to have to make a decision uh, whether I wanted to uh, stay there and move to a slower station or just try to do something different. And I chose the different path. Um, my whole career at 14s, I, I, or my whole career in the, the Corpus Fire Department was I never really wanted to be somewhere slow. Yeah. You know, I did, uh, all told, I did 11 years at Station 10. I did 11 years at Station 14. Well, actually, 13 years at 14s. Um, you know, so the bulk of my career was at busy stations. I, I preferred that. Um, and that was just me. And so I decided uh, almost five years ago that, you know, I'd pursue something a little different. And that's that's kind of where it, how it got me to where I'm at. Um, did, it, did it uh did it take you a minute to to adjust to because I'm obviously in the role you're at now, you're not jumping on a rig and, and running out with the no. guy. So. I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, Lonnie. It's. Um, almost every day. I look back at, or I look at what goes on. I look at, at where I'm at right now. And almost every day I'm, I say to myself, man, it sure would be nice to be back on that engine, <laughs> you know, or, or there are nights just two nights ago, I had a dream about it, you know, yeah. and, and there are nights where, uh, you know, I'll, or mornings where I'll wake up thinking, Oh, what do we got to do at the station today? And oh, I need to get the guys to do this and that. And I'm, I'm in, I'm in captain mode. I'm thinking, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to go to work and get on the truck for the next 24 hours, you know? And, uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself and, and come back to reality, but, uh, there, there's a day that passes that I don't in some ways kind of wish I was back doing what I was doing. Well, we're going to, we're going to touch more on, on that particular issue, but I don't want to get into it right now. Cause that's all the good stuff. But so, <laughs> Hey, but what's different about like just the area alone though chief right like you're more in the hill country you're you're what northwest santone i mean northwest bear 1604. county um, yeah yeah we're right outside 1604 um we're literally a mile from the san antonio city limits so it's not like we're out in the boonies yeah and it's grown up out here even just in the the five four and a half years i've been here uh the area has blown up uh, with with neighborhoods and small business and this and that, and uh, just to our south, um, you know that's the fastest growing part of Bear County, and it's it's well District Seven, a lot of the area they cover down there, yeah, is uh, is just growing so fast it's hard to keep up with. I'm fortunate because uh, the uh, the council here, the city council here, has done a real good job of managing growth. And so, 
you know, we're going to be able to prepare for it to where I don't have to scramble and say, hey, we've got to put a station in, in service by the end of the year. You know, that kind of thing. Wow. So, wow. Uh, you know, it's it's nice. In the forward thinkers, huh? Very much so. Uh, yeah. and, and collectively, they're, they're forward thinkers. You know, so it's... Um, it's, so I, it's interesting. I know too, right, y'all? So I mean, you're you're up there. You're not in the boonies, but y'all just recently, because I tried to get into it, y'all just recently put on one of those red car classes because y'all are dealing with brush fires up there as well, right? Yeah, um, I, I'm fortunate because I, the the county units that we respond most with, we're in between them. Uh, I've got District Seven on one side, District Eight on the other, and a lot of the training opportunities, especially for wildland, and especially during COVID uh have been few and far between and so what i tried to do first year here was put on a wildland class with teaks Mm -hmm. and use our facility uh just because i have the space i've got the big old classroom yeah um and so i've i've been uh, working with teaks every year except for last year we try to put on at least one wildland class here for anywhere from 20 to 28 people was that due to covid yeah, yeah. Last yeah. year, uh, Teaks basically shut down everything. They yeah. they weren't doing anything outside of uh, online stuff. Yeah. So, uh, uh-huh. but we we try to do that, and we open it up to. Uh, oh heck, the first one we did, I think we had seven or eight guys from the San Antonio Fire Department here. So it's, uh, but mainly we try to help out as as much as we can in the in the area that we're in. And uh, y'all, the city of Hello, you're, you're y'all still run EMS, right? Yeah, yeah, we're set up uh, real similar to what uh, Corpus Christi is. It's, you know, we, we run one station. We've got an engine crew and a medic crew, and, and the guys rotate on and off the box just like we did down there. Uh, the only big difference is, is shortly after I got here, we did, a lot of, we did a whole lot of research and determined that we would be an excellent candidate for a 4896 shift. So we've been doing 4896 now for, gosh, it's almost four years. And and how? What's the response to it? Is it the guys love it? You know, initially there was a little trepidation because it was you know it was new territory. We we only were going by what other places were doing. Yeah. Um, and, and word of mouth, and so a lot of the guys were like, I don't know, I don't know. We started it, and I think right now, if I were to say, hey, we're going back to twenty four forty eight, they would run me out of here on a rail. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, what kind of what kind of went into making those decisions, Chief? Like into going well, to because that that's a big jump, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know something jump. about firefighters. We hate the way it was they a huge and jump, change, and I so. and I did a I did a whole lot of research, and I I, I found a lot of uh, valuable information online, uh, a lot of stuff out of California because the majority of the smaller departments in California have been doing this for twenty plus years, and uh, there were some uh, there were some psychological profiles that were that were included from uh, i think it was like the american academy of psychiatry or something where they had done studies on it and the 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 big factor was if you make if your average is more than three calls between midnight and 7 a.m it's not for you there you go and uh and so i started obviously we don't do that we do three calls in a 24-hour period is our average and uh, so I was looking at our, st- I ran our stats back for 10 years and our after midnight average was 0.3 calls <laughs> after midnight. After, after midnight, so said, yeah. So I said, I think we fit the mold and we, uh, 
we instituted it. We said, we'll do it for six months and revisit it. And if anybody's not happy with it, and it was an all or nothing. I mean, if one guy would have said, hey, I don't like doing it, we were going to bail. Yeah. And uh, got six months into it. Nobody said anything bad. So we said, okay, let's extend it another six. So we did that. Same thing. Everybody was still happy with it. And so I figured, well, I think it's here to stay. And we've done it ever since. It's it's actually worked out really well for us. You know, it's, it's all about, uh, I guess, putting on the Chiefs hat at this point. It's all about uh, yeah. employee satisfaction at that point. Do, did, did you notice any byproducts of, of going to that formula of, like, you, you know, here where we're dealing with the less sickly, less guys, you know, being yeah. out. Um, I really did. Uh, our sick leave, I can count on one hand how many times guys in the last year have called in sick. I kid you not. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, if you average it out over the course of the year, we have less than 1% call in rate. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been huge in that respect. Now, I attributed a lot to that. Now, before we did that, I have very little historical information that just basically goes over, you know, sick call. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it seems like that having that four days off, the guys are able to adjust their schedules to where they don't run into an emergency where they've got to have time off. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. Do, uh, and we do, do everything just like, just like, normal in the fire service trades are trades you know sure. so on and so forth do y'all because i'm not real familiar with your system do y'all do y'all have kelly days well no because we're so because of staffing i mean okay our uh we're right at minimum staffing uh-huh. with the filled positions that we have right now is the first time since i've been here that we've had all of our positions filled really and if you look at <laughs> yeah thank you uh, if you look at Kelly days for a small organization, now a bigger department like Corpus or really even, you know, a, a, a department that's got 30 or 40 guys in it, they can, they can manage minimum staffing when you're short a couple of guys or three or four guys off for Kelly days. Yeah. If, if we utilize Kelly days here, I got to pay somebody overtime to come in here and work for the guy that's on Kelly day that the only reason he's taking a Kelly day is to reduce his overtime. On yeah, his yeah, yeah. So right. it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and we actually wind up paying, uh, you know, you're paying a guy time and a half to be in here and you're saving half time on the guy that's, that's not there. Yeah. So you're really paying double time to take Kelly days. So it doesn't make sense. That's, that's interesting, man. Um, all right. So now I'm going to ask you, you got to put your chief hat back on. Uh Oh yeah. So, You've been there five years as the chief. What, and I'm not talking specifically about uh, your department or our department, but just in general, what what problems do you see the fire service facing in the next five years? Staffing, staffing, and then staffing. Okay. Uh, the the problem is 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 you know I've had this discussion probably a thousand times, Lonnie, and and it boils down to this. And it's a sad fact. The best thing that ever happened to the fire service from a staffing standpoint and having, you know, more people than you could choose from was 9-11. Sure. Um, 
people wanted to get involved and a lot of ways of getting involved was becoming a public servant. Yeah. Um, you know, before that, I guess, uh, you know, Oklahoma city stuff like that, you know, the big national national events, so, you know, sure. things that, that, that involve everybody in the country. And, uh, and, and unfortunately we've, we've ridden that train about as far as we can with people getting into the business. I mean, you see the classes getting smaller. Yeah. You see a lot of classes get canceled because they can't get anybody to be in them or not enough people to make it worthwhile. Absolutely. And so the, the basket we pick people from is getting emptier and emptier. And, and I hate to say it and it, and it, it bothers me to have this, thought in my mind but the best thing that could happen to the fire service in the next five or ten years is another major c- catastrophe and that, that, isn't that i mean i'm i don't disagree with you but it's just sad that we have to rely on a tragedy of some it sort is. in order no. for the eyes to get yeah up to see the problem right. yeah <laughs> yeah and and unfortunately we, we have to we have to get into uh emergency mode in order to get anything done you know, yeah. in order to make it happen. And but I, it, sounds like, it sounds like your city leaders and your city council, and I don't know if you all run off a city manager, but it sounds like they're staying on top of it, though. So that's good. I think that uh, probably in my case, the best thing going for us is that we have people in those positions that listen. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we have to describe a problem to them and we have a, a, a legitimate explanation for what's going on, they listen and they look or they help us look for alternatives or answers to the, to the problem. And, you know, a lot of it lies in, in, in money. A lot of it lies in benefits, um, scheduling, you know? Yeah. So do you you guys rely a lot on grants or do y'all, is it, um, no, well, you know, for us, unfortunately, we don't qualify for a lot of grants because of the, how well off the city is, you know, oh, okay. we, we, it, I'm not saying Holotus is, you know, like this upper crust. We got tons of money to, to, to pick from. Yeah. We've got a very conservative, uh, community and they don't waste a lot of money on a lot of things that, that are frivolous. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Um, in the end, it's a good thing, but well, having, having a good flow of, of, uh, revenue affects what you qualify for in the grants and so yeah there are some grants that that uh that we get you know um we we've got a um i get a tfs grant from time to time for ppe and stuff like that and so it, it it certainly helps and it certainly keeps us from falling behind um this year i was tasked with uh trying to do a safer grant and yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I, I, folks across the parking lot in City Hall know that I'm not a big fan of Safer because it's, uh, you know, pay me now or pay me later type of situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we are doing it in a way that we think we can sustain it if if we pull this off. That That's so, always been my my issue with that is that, yeah, we'll, we'll give you the money up front to hire these people. But then when it's gone, you better have the revenue to yeah. sustain them yeah. or else exactly. you got to make your cuts you had a baby exactly. now he's two years old yeah here you go yeah and and i don't want to have to pull a mike hernandez and lay people off when i get you know hey, eight when names the safer grant doesn't fall through 
Did I just, did I just name drop? Yeah, that was a name drop. That oh, was... man. <laughs> Mike, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. And I, and I'll, I will make this statement. I like Mike. Um, and, and in my 32 years in that department down there, there was no one that I disliked. There were just situations that I didn't like. Sure. You know, um, and I'll, I'll say it till the day I die. There was never anybody I worked with that I wasn't willing to uh, stand next to and, and jump into whatever we needed to jump into. Yeah. You know? so, so just the way it was. Staying with the theme on your city, are, are you guys, are y'all, are you, and I use this word loosely, but are y'all landlocked around you? Like, are, is the city capable of growing? I know, like, to oh, your no. south. Yeah, we actually uh, the, uh, talk about the, the council here being kind of uh, grounded in, in what could happen in the future. We actually have the roadway, uh, State Highway 16, Bandera Road, uh-huh. all the way to the county line. Is oh, really? City, the road itself is sitting. The road over, itself. Yeah. And then to our south, which is Farm Road 1560, it's kind of the one that that runs down south of us, same thing. So there's a lot of that. In, in fact, when I got here, that forced me to be um, really proactive with getting together with the the ESDs, where yeah. our, you know, where our city limit line crosses their, you know, responsibility line and vice versa. Uh, I think within the first couple of days I was here, I was, I was on the phone with the, the chief at ESD7 uh discussing basically how the way we the, the way we felt about doing our business here sure and granted and before the, i got here it seemed like there was a lot of uh don't play in my sandbox stuff going on but and that was think, the, that was kind of the question i was going to get into right now right like what happened or like your predecessor the person that before you did they set you up you think for success or did you kind of go in there like holy shit i like, can do a I lot of work I can tell you without any trepidation that the guy that was here before me set up one heck of a good little fire department. Awesome. He, he knew what he was doing and, uh, and he set us up, he set the whole place up for success. And, uh, I think that the attitudes were coming from places other than him. Um, I think there was a lot of, leftover stuff from when this was a volunteer department because this only became a municipal department in 03 prior to that they had run the halotas area volunteer fire department for since 1960 so uh, they were deep rooted in this area out here and so there was a lot of uh, i think there was a lot of animosity uh, toward organized uh, professional fire departments I mean, that's awesome that you have success. You, you're you familiar with, with our situation down here. It's been that way ever since when you left. You, you know about the yeah. ESD stuff down here. Yeah. What what is, What's the key to having that success? Is it just the communication that you have with those guys? Is it having MOUs? Is it having something on you know paper? Is it? Well, fortunately here we, ha- we have the Alamo Area Fire Chiefs Association. And it's, it's all, and I believe it's 18 uh municipalities that are within bear county as well as uh you know we include some departments from kendall county and from all around really and there are some mous contained within that organization that cover mutual aid uh 
And I know in our area out here with ESD-8, which uh, the chief at ESD-8 is a former Corpus Christi firefighter that that I've known for 25 plus years. (laughs) You're not going to drop that name? I'm not going to drop that name because I'm not sure if. I'm not sure how well ta- how well received he is in Corpus these days. Oh, okay, <laughs> but uh, anyways, I uh, uh, we we work closely with with the ESDs with the attitude, and all of us have this attitude that if we're closer or if you're closer, whoever's closer, just go. You know, don't don't waste time saying, "Well, I think that's theirs." Oh, that's theirs. They should go. No, just go. Uh, and I know that sounds a little bit different from what I used to do with uh, Station 6 and t- Station 4. But, uh, you know, I made a lot more calls at 14 than Station 6 and Station 4 made. So sure, they could make some of my calls. <laughs> but, you know, the attitude from both of the chiefs with the, my neighboring ESDs, is the, it, it, and I mirror this attitude, is that uh, the people are calling for help. And they don't give a damn what it says on the side of that red fire truck, as long as that red fire truck shows up. You know, it's so, crazy. To hear. I'm not. I'm not trying to be like, but it is. It's to be honest, it's a breath breath of fresh air to kind of hear you talk the way you're talking. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just knowing Cap Cap Moreland to Chief Moreland now, it's like he, that. That uh, that chief hat is is well rooted in their head his, now. You know what I mean? Well, you, know, you can't see it, but there's a, there's a grin on my face bit. right now. I'll explain that a little bit. Um, when I got here, uh, things were well organized already, so there wasn't a whole lot I needed to do. There, there was a little bit of housekeeping here and there, you know. Um, but early on, I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to make the personnel the top priority because, quite frankly, we can't do anything without personnel. So they're our priority. I mean, obviously, our responsibility is to the citizens, but my priority is keeping the guys healthy, happy, and able. Amen. And and uh, and so I and I and I do I do I'll admit that I do trip and fall sometimes, but my whole thing has been I want to keep egos out of it, specifically my ego. I don't want to get too big for my britches. Um, I remember how that felt as a company officer having egomaniacs above me you know and below and, you uh, and below <laughs> me but 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 the ones that were the ones above me were the ones that created problems correct yeah so you know it, it and no one in particular and like i said I, i'm not calling anybody out or pointing any fingers it's just once you get to this level you do kind of have to, if, if you're not smart about it and rein yourself in, you can let your ego take over and you yeah. become one of those chiefs that, that, you know, when you're asked, Hey, why are we doing this? Your, your response is because I said so, you know, uh, and I don't want to be that way with, with anybody. I, I want to at least have some sort of answer or I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. You, you get bigger buy-in when you have that, that answer. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, hey, because earlier in the show, you, you were challenged and you had to you had to tell that about Greg. So <laughs> I was asked to ask this of you. Um, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. It, it's a simple question. But since you all run EMS, do you 
is it still standard protocol for you guys to slam the Narcan or do you slow push it? Well, um, you know, it's funny you say that because we just we just had this discussion the other day. And, and my answer is, please share. Well, my answer is always when it regarding Narcan and it's a simple answer. Let's let them ride the lightning. Do you hear me? Yeah, I can let I got you. Let them let them ride the lightning, man. See what happens. So we had a little technical difficulty there. So I'd ask you if you slam the Narcan or do you slow push it, and and what was your response? My response is, and just a couple of weeks ago when we had the discussion, is <laughs> let them ride the lightning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll we'll leave it at that. Now, but, but keep in mind, I'm only the chief. I'm not the medical director, so they have to do what the medical director says. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, chief, making that transition from like captain to chief, do you think you had way more of a buy-in since you were a paramedic already, and you're able to somewhat speak the language of your guys? I, I you know, honestly, you'd have to ask the guys about buying. Um, I feel that I understand where they're coming from a little bit more. Um. And I, I can sympathize with them a little bit more. But also, you know, from a volume standpoint, I, what I'm more concerned with is that the guys are able to perform at the highest level, um, even though they don't see that kind of stuff every day, you know, and, and it's not a repetition type thing that, that they're uh, that they're trained and and squared away well enough that they can do it. You know, if they haven't seen an overdose in six months, that they can treat it, yeah. you know, appropriately, and and that's that's more important. I mean, you know how it was for us; we were seeing two, three, four a day. You know? Sure. Oh, I, I made some of my most memorable, and not in a good way, have been with with you <laughs> over there at fourteen. So, yeah. <laughs> you oh, like, are- like our like our first meeting. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> you guys are uh, y'all are ALS unit yes okay cool good deal yeah are there any plans in your future or at least while you're there to to open a second station somewhere well I think what might happen before that and and this is kind of feeds into part of the safer thing is that like everybody else in the country about 80 percent of our call volumes EMS Um, you know, it fluctuates from month to month, but generally throughout the course of the year, it's about 80%. And so my thought is, is, is before we start thinking about laying down, you know, million dollars on a fire station, million dollars on staffing and, and equipment and so on and so forth. I got two ambulances sitting out here. And if we can make this safer thing work, we may consider putting a second ambulance in service. And um, just run the, both out of the same station. You've got the space at, the, at that station, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Have you ever been, Tom? Have you I've ever never been? been. I've you, seen pictures from y'all and like Chris and everybody like I'm that. Telling you, if you ever get a chance and you're up in the San Antonio, go check out that fire station. Now, y'all's fire <laughs> station is also connected to your headquarters, right? That's the way it works. Too. Yeah. Yeah. We're all in one building. And but, I, the reason I laugh is that, you know, the, some of the holes that we had to work out of down there. Yes, sir. Uh, you Literal. Know, old, station, Literal. old station five, station eight, you know. Uh, we, we had a hole in the bathroom at 14s for years. Yeah. Covered by a piece of plywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> that brings back memories. <laughs> but, you know, 
this place is by far the nicest station I've ever worked in. It's beautiful. But, uh, but the guys here are like, oh, no, they cut us out on this. Oh, no, they cut that. You know, and so, <laughs> you know, if you listen to them, this place is terrible. But, uh, you know, it's just okay. only only I've only got like three guys that were, that were at the station that existed before this one. And, and they know how bad things can be. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm going to share a funny story about that hole at 14s with the uh, with the plywood. I, I remember distinctly that they came by one day to, to, to do our reroute. And I remember <laughs> specifically the guy walks in. Right. And he goes, hey, I'm going to be underneath the slab mm-hmm. right underneath there. And so uh, nobody take a shit. Right. <laughs> There was if a I guy remember right, it's a guy that's that an engineer meeting. now, right? And, and he's now a driver at 11s on C-Ship, so y'all can figure it out, ask questions. He didn't hear the uh, the answer, so he goes and takes a shit and he flushes it. And i never forget this dude walks, crawls out of the hole, walks into the station in his white Tyvex, which is not white anymore. And he's like, I asked y'all not to do this. And we're like... Oh, that was Joe. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to know what he ate the night before. Oh, that guy could probably oh. tell you. <laughs> hey, were you there for the Snickers? Or no, uh, the Baby Ruth? No, I was not. When they had the when they were building that little bathroom there in the hallway, uh-huh. just a little the little uh, uh, stand up shower and the crapper there. Yeah. Um, they had the toilet off the hole in the floor for weeks while they were doing that reroute <laughs> when we knew they were coming in to do the to put the toilet in place i i went across to the little store and got a baby roof <laughs> and i set it on the floor right next to the hole <laughs> and two guys two of the construction workers they, they come up man that's not right that's gross <laughs> and their supervisor came in and he was in there for a couple of minutes all of a sudden i heard him start laughing <laughs> That's fun. No, and he I came walking out of there with it like, uh, like uh, Bill Murray and Caddyshack. You know, it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, we're we're almost forty five in. I won't keep you too long, but I, I do have. I think it's a question that actually Tom brought up to me, and maybe you've already kind of answered it. But I think I'd like to hear a little more from you. Is that okay. what was your what was your biggest challenge? Because you did go from from company officer straight to chief of a department. Like, what was your biggest challenge? changing those two roles because they're they're similar but they're way different you know i could probably list a couple of dozen things lonnie but but i think that you know i i think the best way to put it is it, it may be kind of a long answer i walked in here my first day and felt like i was accepted and it is true that firefighters are firefighters are firefighters no matter where you go yeah. Uh, you know, and they welcome you with open arms and they keep their arms open until you screw up bad enough for them to throw you out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think being accepted by the crew while has had its challenges. And I've I, I think to me, that was the most important thing because we're so close, you know, in a bigger department like Corpus, the fire chief there's so many levels of separation that, you know, you don't have a lot of one-on-one with the guys in the field every single day. Yeah. And, but here, I mean, the guys are, you know, one door away from me, you know? And so I, I think it was more important for me to be accepted by the crews and for me to show them that, 
in my decision making, I'm trying to do what's best for us as a functioning unit and not so much for the individuals. And, and we, you know, I've had some difficult situations that I've had to deal with from, you know, disciplinary stuff that's, that's sure. you know, fortunately, we don't have a whole lot. But uh, and then, you know, we we instituted um, we did not have engineers before I got here. It was basically uh, the tailboards just rotated to the most experienced tailboards would just rotate to drive the truck for the day. And I felt like what we needed was was more of a uh, rank structure. And so now uh, that was one of the first things we did was we created an engineer's position and uh, we actually call it engineer, not driver. I always hated. I always hated driver. It's engineer, dang it. So, anyways, um, you know, developing that kind of stuff, developing more of a, a traditional fire department structure, you know, was was important to me. And then, then obviously, outside, you know, having to live with everybody over here is is having to deal with um, with the things that that are more remote to the firefighters, but the fire chief has to deal with almost on a daily basis with, you know, folks at city hall and be yeah. along with folks over there and, and prioritize things. And, you know, uh, there are a lot of fire chiefs who uh, spend a whole lot of time at city hall um, so they can show the people at city hall, how good they are at their job. Sure. And I basically, I, I felt like my presence there was not what they needed. They needed results on the things that were important to them. So I, I, I try to balance that. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want stuff from city hall distracting the guys working here at the fire station. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I want them to know that it's under control. It may, it may at times look like it's chaotic, but it, it really is under control, you know? Um, but that, you know, it's just balancing the load, uh, yeah. between, between the fire stage, the firefighters, um, and the, uh, and the folks at city hall. That, that's you, probably been my biggest challenge. Do you think the, um, cause you, you did serve as a company officer for many, many years. Do you, mm-hmm. did that help prepare you? Absolutely. It did? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I, if somebody at City Hall, for example, asked me, uh, hey, why do you guys have to have your bunker gear washed once a year? You know, professionally uh, 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 washed by, a, by yes. a company. Yeah. And I can give them the reason, you know, yeah. it's, it's very easy to walk over there and say, well, it's because the state requires me to do it. You know, right. And, and trust me, that's always my fallback is that, well, not only is it more sanitary, it's safer for the guys, there's less, less uh, there's, you know, proven less incidents of, of cancer uh, when you remove these cancer-causing agents from, the, from their bunker gear, so on and so forth. You, but ultimately, the fallback is the state tells me I have to do it, <laughs> you know. But yeah. uh, I think at the company officer level, it, it, it prepared me for that sort of stuff in a little better way to where I didn't have to learn it from an outgoing chief or, you know, a, a, a deputy chief that was here before me, that sort of thing. I mean, sure. don't get me wrong. I, I think I've got the, I, I can honestly tell you, I think I have the best deputy chief in Texas uh, because 
the guy is a go-getter. And if something needs to get done, it gets done. Um, and so I, I think I've, I think I, that above all, I've been able to surround myself with, with people that actually have a passion for making sure all of our people are taken care of. That's, I'm going to use what Tom said. That, that's refreshing to hear. Right? It is, man. That's, that's, <laughs> well, it's, that is. It, you know, and it, it's no dig on anybody. No, uh, not it, at all. Just, you know, a small organization, you have to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, you know, if I, if I was uh, Chief Hood over in San Antonio, yeah, I'd probably have, a, you know, 30-person staff, uh, you know, chief officer staff up in admin and this, that, and the other. But quite frankly, we reduced our admin staff by one chief when I shortly after I got here. Yeah. Uh, and rather than pursuing filling that position, we eliminated it and just built from the bottom up with our fire marshal at the time, who's now the fire marshal slash deputy fire chief. So, Oh, wow. But it's like you said, you know, firefighters are firefighters are firefighters. <clears throat> and whether you're in a, a large metropolitan department that has a staff of 40, 50, or you're in a smaller one that has a staff of four or five, you still face the same issues. You still have to deal with the same problems. I mean, at the end of the day, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like you're just talking about, it's it's more the relationships that are built. The relationships should be bigger than the problems at the end of the day. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, it's regardless of decisions being made, you know, whether it's me, whether it's Chief Rocha down there, you got to get to the point that you just you don't take things personally. And, and I think that over the years, I've run into guys that just couldn't understand that concept. Sure. And, and, and they took it personally and it stayed personal you know, for, for years and years and years and, you know, careers. Um, and, and it's, I, I think when everybody understands that we're trying to do what's best for the organization as a whole, um, that as long as everybody can keep that in the back of their mind, yeah. that's what we're trying to achieve. Then things well, if, work themselves out. If you have a plan and everyone's bought into that plan and everyone has that same, you know, mentality of going towards the goal of that plan. Everybody has a seat at the table. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, a, being a smaller department. And then of course, for those of you that don't know chief Moreland, when he was here, you, you were very big in our association slash union, whatever you want to call it. Uh -huh. Um, are you guys meeting confer up there? Are y'all unionized? Are you well just at will or we're, we're not civil service and okay. we don't, we don't have a union. Um, and, and I'll tell you, it's a double-edged sword. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, you ask anybody that's head of a department that's got a union and has a contract that there are aspects of it that are frustrating, but there are aspects of it from a chief standpoint that are refreshing. One of those being, I wish I had a contract that was negotiated with the city for wages and benefits, mm. but I don't. So I have to try to work that, you know, with obviously the city hall tells me what we have to work with and then I have to put it yeah. in play. Yeah. Um, I wish I didn't have to do that part. You know, it's, it's uh, time. It's very time consuming. And okay. I always, I always feel like at the end of the day, I wish I could do more, you know, sure. but, but there's a finite amount of money to, to go around yeah um you know with that said 
I don't know. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's frustration level, I guess. You know, but it's got its good, it's got its benefits, it's got yeah. its uh, drawbacks. But you know, I'll tell you one thing that is refreshing: are are we uh, for a little over a year now? We've got a new mayor, and he actually is a San Antonio firefighter who did a whole lot of, or has, and I think continues to do a whole lot of stuff with the union there. It was on, you know, was a negotiator like I was for a long long time. And um, so he gets it and and he's got the background in it and understands. And one of the first things he did, we had a, we had an officer's meeting here and uh, he came over and he told the guys that while, you know, obviously because of the, the way the city's structured and the, you know, this, that, and the other, and the guys aren't civil service, but while we don't have it officially, he likes to manage things in a meet and confer type setting. Sure. Where, you know, he'll come over during one of our court, usually quarterly officers meetings and sit down with the guys and we just talk about things that, you know, we're interested in. There are things that, that may need attention. <clears throat> and so he's very receptive to that. And, and that's been a, that was a really huge breath of fresh air for me yeah that that's when you stop and think about it that's huge because he's in the loop right yeah and then nothing nothing gets lost in translation between what the guys are telling you and your yeah. officers and what you're telling the mayor and or city council because they're all at the table and and just like we've always talked about right every every one of the world's problems is solved at the kitchen table come on why we that's why we named that <laughs> you know and it's just beats the dead horse of like, yeah, Absolutely. you know what I mean? And if I open up the seat to the mayor, if I open up the seat to the chief, if I open up the seats yeah. to my officers, yeah. we are a lot stronger together than we are just one person. Oh, absolutely. You know, just, uh, you know, half the battle is just the, the firehouse jargon. Yep. You yeah. Know, with the, with this mayor, he knows what I'm talking about when I say, hey, I only got two tailboards. Yeah. You know, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so it's uh, the dynamic changed when he became mayor and and i am appreciative of it in that respect and and it's a lot easier to deal with somebody that's got a little background in this type of work when we're talking about technical matters and talking about uh well you know we talk about uh flsa overtime we had that discussion you know so it's um it's been good in that respect well that's good man I think the hardest things that I had to deal with, and this was been a couple of years, was, you know, when we developed our engineer position, we, we tried to figure out the best way. Do, do you take the guys that have been here longest and just promote them? Or do you have a competitive process? And so we came up with the written test, and we decided that a written test wasn't enough. They had to pass that, and then we're going to make them go out and do driver or engineer stuff. Wow. And That's so, awesome. it, yeah, we've got a two step process. And granted, you know, I've only got to promote three guys. You know? Yeah. But, but uh, it, it's still the process, the, the yeah. precedence. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think what it was was in my career, I've seen so many guys, and, and admittedly, I was one of them, been there a long time, feel like, you know, they're overlooking me because, you know, I can't pass a stupid test or I, you know, I don't read as, or I don't retain the stuff in these books as well as these guys that are tops on the list and it's frustrating as an employee but at the same time as as an organization you've got to promote the people who are best suited and best prepared for it 
Um, <clears throat> and a lot of times that two-year guy puts in a low, lot more effort than the 20-year guy. Yeah, you know that's true. Um, I was listening to last week, your podcast last week, and I'm, I'm listening to, to uh, Toro, and I'm thinking to myself, man, that was me a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know. he brought up some valid points. Uh, <coughs> he's He had some issues with, with the way the process is set up. But, you he know, did. He he's, did. He's doing his thing to, to create positive change in his own way. So yeah, I, just want to see, I just want to see this whiteboard that he has to erase every day. I'm very, that, that intrigued me. I will take a picture of it next time I see it. You will, you will be intrigued. I promise. <laughs> hey chief, we got it. We got to wrap up. I've had you for 56 minutes, man, but um, I do have I, to. I'll stay longer. I don't care. I, I know. I know, but I, I try not to go any more than a lo- an hour because people tend not to make it. No, all I hear you. But there's two things. Uh, one, I, I have to say that uh, Mr. Mark Solis, you know, you know, Mark, Mr. Cabs himself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He he told me that that there was no way I could get through 56 minutes without you trying to hire some of our guys. So I appreciate that you didn't do that. <laughs> I do all that on Facebook. <laughs> and I don't. Hey, and if I get that grant, there'll be two positions open October 1st. Apply if you're interested. Firefighter <laughs> paramedic preferred. There you go. Okay. No, that was that was it. Tell that Mark was... he can KMA. <laughs> I'll let him know. Tom, you got anything? No, not at all. Thanks, Chief. Giving us uh, just some insightful tips, you know. I, I Thank like you, it. guys. Man, um, we really appreciate it, Chief. I, I know taking an hour out of your day during the week is, is not easy for a Chief to do, but we certainly appreciate it, and we hope all the listeners – I know that I, I listen to you talk with a smile on my face all the mm-hmm. time. So it was refreshing to hear all the things that you're doing. So well, I'll tell you work. what, guys, I, uh, I cherish every minute that I was in Corpus and I, and I miss each and every one of you guys. I really well, do. I don't you know, know if you saw or not. I went to, uh, last Friday, I went to Boston for, uh, yes, the, I uh see that. Boston fire, fire department graduation. Most people ever graduated in one class. They did 90 people. Holy wow. cow. And wow. that's that fire department is pushing 300 years old. I think it's the oldest depart, uh, organized department in the country. Well, and my you know, uh, uh, submit your resume my... come January. Huh? Submit your resume come January. Uh, you know, I think I'm happy here. Small town. <laughs> <small> problem. <laughs> Good <laughs> I'd, answer. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd hate to have to, you know, ever so often somebody, I think uh, one of the, cities north of us that's uh having a boom right now really growing fast they were hiring a chief here a couple years ago and a couple of guys asked me if i was gonna put in an application to it and i said no no bigger city bigger problems i don't want to do it that's for sure that's for sure i'm happy where i'm at well good deal chief hey thank you again for, for for spending time with us um we're going to wrap this up right now. Um, I'll give you a phone call later. We can talk about some of that other personal stuff, but I really appreciate you spending the time with us. Thank you. All right, guys. Y'all take care. It's good to All hear right. from you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.